things you should keep in mind while you're listening to Micah and I watch this trailer. One, <clears throat> I haven't seen it yet. Two, Micah and I are the sullied half of this podcast. So the fact, <laughs> the fact that we've been given the task of watching the trailer and reacting to it and then also not spoiling anything by speculating. Oh, it's going to be so gonna, much fun. It's going to be super fun. So for my part, anyway, I don't remember much of what happens in books four and five. So mm -hmm. I, I, cause I only read them once. I read the first three books many, many times, but books four and five, I read through once each. So they're, they're much fuzzier to me. So if I say something here, I'm not intentionally trying to spoil anything. It'll be, it'll be like actual speculation on my part. And if I can right. think of something that was in the books, I'm not going to say it. I think that's a great introduction, and I actually read A Feast for Crows not that long ago, uh, a reread, I should say, mm -hmm. and then I'm, I won't even say halfway through because I don't even know what the halfway point is <laughs> of A Dance with Dragons, but right. I'm about 300 pages into that book right now, okay. so yeah, you're not uh, even close some to things are a little bit fresh, okay. and, and I definitely enjoyed my reread of A Feast for Crows much, much more than I did the first time uh, reading the book. But with all that said, I think we were all taken a little bit by surprise. I don't think it's that surprising, though, that they did include a trailer at the end of the IMAX screenings. Sure, yeah. Uh, and speaking of that, I know Eric and Zach are in Orlando. Uh, as we speak, they went to see Game of Thrones in IMAX. So uh, that must have been really cool to experience, especially the... Uh, Watchers on the Wall episode, that whole battle sequence, mm -hmm. which is pretty much the entire episode. It's like made for IMAX almost. It really is. It really is. So I'm excited to hear what they have to say. I didn't get a chance to see it. I don't know if I'm going to really get a chance to see it uh, because I think it, it leaves theaters on February 5th. Oh, that's soon. Okay. It's a really, really short window to be able to see it. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm interested on their feedback and then also being able to see the trailer in pretty high definition. I know... Yeah, computers are computers, but to see it on a movie screen I know. is awesome. It's it, gotta be so cool. It reminds me of last year in the Barclays Center when we got to see episode one of of season four. You know, to have that kind of atmosphere, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be around other people. Because normally, let's face it, when we're watching Game of Thrones, maybe there's one other person in the room, but when you have an audience packed with Game of Thrones fans, there's nothing amazing. like it. I was just I just had this like little daydream fantasy of the the this is like future where the Game of Owns podcast we all own a small movie theater and so as uh, and we all live in the same town maybe even the same house maybe this is like a friend situation but we would be able to for all future seasons of Game of Thrones we would like show them we would premiere them on our small movie theater screen with with like alcohol and food that you could bring into the theater and like big comfy chairs maybe even some like some like couches everybody gets a blanket. And uh, it would just like invite, I don't know, 200 people and watch Game of Thrones on a giant screen with people reacting every week. That'd be awesome. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. George can make that happen. George, He's got his movie theater down George, in uh, I know you're New Mexico. Um, yeah. Or we can just like set that as a Patreon goal. <laughs> At the $100,000 a month level, we'll fly everyone in <laughs> and we'll all, we'll all watch Game of Thrones together. How do you feel? How do you feel? You just breathing? Yeah. Breathing feel, is all you can muster? I feel privileged to have 
experience what experience, we just experienced. What we just experienced, yeah. yeah. And like, I realize I it's this nationwide thing, but we were among the first. It is, we saw the 11 a.m. show the AMC IMAX, yep. City Walk, Orlando, Florida, True. Universal's right across the street. And we have just seen the last two episodes of Season 4 and the preview of Season 5 of Game of Thrones. We are joined by a handful of our friends here who also, well, some are new, some aren't. Uh, podcast listeners, all of you guys, is it all of you except uh, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. In true Game of Owns fashion, we've managed to scrounge up an unsullied Kevin here who... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unsullied even for the show. Even for yeah. the show. Yeah, that even makes even sense. I want to get to that because I want to ask a what? few questions because I slept through half of it. Oh, oh. 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 oh no! How could you sleep? It's Everybody's like it was dying. A, it was a long night. It's a movie no. theater. Eric yeah. and I sleep through all movies. Yeah, they were pretty comfortable. It's an IMAX theater, right? It's not chairs. just a movie. Yeah. Eric and I are in town for um, the Harry Potter. What's it called? What's the event called? HB Celebration. Harry yeah. Potter Celebration. Uh, which is normally every day for me after breakfast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, usually before breakfast is kind of murky, kind so of gray. So it's different area. coming to Orlando and and uh, and then being a part of that. But we're here, and uh, it was like a really convenient time that this IMAX event was scheduled while we were here. So we got to do this with with friends, and we got to do it in an interesting place. And more importantly, we got to do it together. Yeah. Which was I'm really grateful for. We held hands during the, uh, we did. All, the all the big fights. We did. Scenes. We did. We yeah. did. We held hands. For me, right now. Yeah. And I know that we waited. We haven't spoken. We, we walked out of the theater. Yeah. You know, we're like, where do we go to record? Like, where do we go? Right now, yeah. this sounds different. This, we haven't done this on our podcast ever before. Uh, it's on a cell phone. And it's a little off the cuff, but we feel like doing that right now. No, and, even even talking, I know we'll have plenty of time to talk about uh, the fifth tra- the fifth season trailer, which went by in a blur of, like, information overload. But yeah. there were things I noticed, man. Seeing Game of Thrones in IMAX was a way different that's, experience. That's, what I want, that's, that's, that's where my heart is right now, because... I just wanted to shout it. I wanted to stop it while we. I wanted to ask if they could pause it while we were going, just so I could turn to you guys and be like, "Hey, um, how different is this than we've ever seen the show before?" Do you guys agree? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I was worried that maybe it was just in my head because I love it, and I didn't know if you felt the same way. I didn't know if all of you guys felt. I feel like there's varying levels of of desire for for whatever's happening with the show. You know, like it's all just kind of subjective. Yeah. However, you personally feel it. But no, I d- don't want to see it in any other way. <laughs> yeah, now. I've been spoiled now. Season five should just I know, right? just go to my local the IMAX theater, theater and, and and catch it. I thought it would be good. I thought it would be different. I thought, oh, yeah. that really neat. And right. you know, they're, they're going to put it on. It was, but but it was it was truly it was truly different. And it was I felt just like the emotion was that much greater, yeah. that much bigger. The Did, si- as the the screen and the emotion that it was conveying to me was equally proportional. Do you remember uh, how, I don't want to say silly, because it sounds kind of, eh, but remember how kind of silly the uh, the the scene fell outside of the heart tree in the north? Yeah. With the oh, fire? Oh, super silly. Right? With the skeletons and, and the, the super silly. The, the fight and all of it just kind of felt, when I, I remember when we were watching it and when we discussed it on the show uh, at the finale, it just felt a little less... Then yeah. I think that they meant it you to come across, but it how I feel felt about like the children so of the forest. That's how you're Li- supposed to see it. Right. Lis- listeners know. know how I feel about the children of the forest and their the, the reckoning and the introduction. Forest, though, I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Like, right. Way crazy. And on the small screen, it felt a little silly, but watching it in IMAX, man. Dude. And like Hodor's fighting with the hammer. Yeah. I was like, that is a fight scene now. Unbelievable. It just, and it was the same footage. You know what I mean? Frame for frame. It was the same footage. just more immersive. I don't understand it. I just, I mean, I understand. Understand technically, but at the same I time, it's, that's a feat. It's a feat. Thrones has outgrown the, the the small screen. 
Well, you guys have always said that each episode should be viewed as like a feature film, especially yeah. Watchers yeah. of the Wall. And so I feel like that more than anything, I was more excited to see. Yeah, you know? Watchers on the Wall just being one place, constant battle. Right, right, was right. Crazy, and it felt like a film. We're in a movie theater for crying it out loud. It did. The way it, the way it began with That's the uh, the opening dialogue between John and Sam, and then it ended with Arya on the boat, and like the the score really kind of like eclipsing. The score and the, was fantastic. Yeah, the score has never been better. I mean, yeah, no, th this season, they obviously, they raised the stakes, and we had all those weeks talking about it, and it was fun. We've had, like, a break. We've been in the middle of a storm of sorts for so long. Yeah. And so, you know, we've obviously probably, in our own regards, re-watched some of the episodes and kind of re-experienced it on our own. I know that I definitely have, but not like that. And uh, just hearing hearing the sound for one uh, be, you know, kind of shoved down your face by an excellent uh, sound yeah. system. Yeah, that helps. The mountain was drawing the blood out. That was absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Didn't that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of blood, there were two things I noticed. Watchers on the Wall episode in IMAX. First of all, it's how many blood puddles there were. Blood puddles. All just, like that. just laying around, like just, that. you know, puddle of blood here, puddle of blood there. Around that was a our, band. Around our heroes. They would step in it, it would squish, it made a squishy sound. Yeah, it was just it was this vibrant red, like blood everywhere, like. I don't know, set decoration, props. But no, the first one, he's up with Sam on the walls and they're just looking off at like the beginning right. of the episode. Right. And there's some torches lit and he's carrying Longclaw mm -hmm. and there's a flame, just a little random flame reflected in the eye of yeah. Longclaw in like the gemmed eye. I mm -hmm. never noticed this because, you know, it's so small. It's right. the gem of the eye of freaking Longclaw, right. the hilt of his sword. And the flame was reflected. I was like, this is just the coolest freaking right. thing in IMAX. It's like at least two inches Bigger tall. Bigger than the screen that Bigger you actually saw. Bigger than the screen I had. Yeah, 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 yeah. So absolutely, I noticed it. I'm like, this is the coolest detail fucking ever. This right. the best. Um, really set the scene, that long claw reflection there for me. I just felt like I could, I just, there was, obviously there's more screen real estate. I saw everything that, that was in there before. I've seen it. I've yeah. watched it. We've all enjoyed it. Right. Everyone lives, everyone's yeah. at home. We've all, I mean, you've, if you if you're listening and you you watched it like we did today, then you most likely understand what we're talking about. If you don't, I mean the best the best that I can say is uh, when um, they were outside of the wall, and Mag and his friend were trying to pull down the gate. God. The the guy who shot the arrow and then it showed the arrow fall. Yeah. And then he was like, I got this, and then didn't make the arrow fall, and you know shot it, you know killed him, killed a man, yeah. <laughs> and made him fall on the other side. Yeah. You know, you could see, like, they're, like, had, like, this, like, buddy cop, like, oh, okay, well, buddy I'll cop. shoot an, I'm I'll shoot an arrow now. These characters, it has never been more clear to me. I'm sure it was when we first watched the finale, but now I forgot. How much these characters love each other. Huge. <laughs> this is huge. I mean, Stannis and Jon, this is the next episode, but still. Yeah. The way they regard one another yeah. for who each other are. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's not love for right. each other. That's all Ned. <laughs> but it's the same thing as far as I'm concerned. And the giants, they love each other. <laughs> that was the king. We found out the next episode yeah. it was the king yeah. who stormed the tunnel because his friend had died. Right. It's just like... And he was the last of a long line of kings. Yeah, and Grim was just from a farm. They got a little... <laughs> I got a little... A little celebratoriness. <laughs> no, it was good. It was just... I don't know. And I just... The whole thing... I'm overwhelmed, honestly. And I'm yeah. just excited for the future because I feel like this could be... I want to say that this is uh, like dipping the toe in the water and see what yeah. it tastes like. Yeah. You know, and I hope that the the dip was good for everyone. I know it was good for us, and I hope that um, the powers that be, uh, who control the property, um, are starting to think a little bit about hmm. And they probably have been. And I'm sure that we're years behind on this, but it's. I'm just grateful that we were able 
uh, as all of our us viewers to, that love a television series, yeah. to be able to to be able to have this happen to the series that we love because there's lots of different there's lots of different levels of people enjoying stories and there's lots of different mediums that these stories are delivered. But our particular story that as a book series that many people love, which still books are made for, was adapted into uh, a series by HBO. Thankfully, and HBO thankfully are are uh, full of people that think that putting their show into IMAX theaters across the country even months after it aired uh, is a good idea. And it was a, a good, good idea. idea. It was a good yes, idea. Yes, it was. Before we talk about the trailer, let's hear from our guests, our friends. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what were their things that stood out for these two episodes to them? What do you guys think about seeing the IMAX experience? Anything we talked about, really? Anything? Now, Anybody? If you, if you got anything, I'm opening it up. Just, just the battle, just seeing it on the big screen, I think. Because I yeah. just remember, like... Reminds me of seeing like the Lord of the Rings battles or something like that. Like I just love watching battles on the big screen, and it was a huge screen. It wasn't even, you know, it's IMAX, so it's right. even bigger than a regular size movie screen. So that was really all the details of it, and just seeing the. Did you notice just a little bit of extra of the glory during that uh, that long dragon shot? Three sixty shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the only thing I wanted to see. <laughs> that was really. I was cool. so excited. There was about just that. a little bit more going on. You could yeah. see it. Oh, and yeah. it just it felt more yeah. wide. It felt more expansive, and you could see more of like the the pattern on the the, the wall of the uh, exactly. the little buildings, and it was just like and the blood puddles and yeah. the blood puddles. And then you could see more of <laughs> like John's face was less scrunched when he uh, right before because he does that whole like I looks around for a second mm -hmm. before it begins. And I, it just felt so much less cheesed yeah. than it did on the small. It felt like okay, the all right. The roll was still a bit cheesy. I didn't think it was. Oh, no, Listen, I stand behind it. You I have to break it. the impact of your fall. She and loved I it. Love <laughs> Jump and roll. I will say, Sir Alistair, this was an issue of contention on the podcast when we did this episode uh, recap. Wasn't sure if it was Thens that uh, grabbed him and pulled him away because I thought it was Men of the Night's Watch. Somebody wrote and said, "No, it's sure. Thens." We just weren't sure. He gets pulled I was away sure. after he gets like. Stabbed or, or sliced, yeah, yeah. Cut, cut. He gets yeah. pulled away. It's actually been Men of the Night, night yeah. Watch. I was, I was. So they just took him. He was confirmed dead in the next episode, but was he? I think they said yes, Sir Alistair's. I think that's what John. Well, John said Sir Alistair's fallen. Yeah. Oh, I see. I don't. I don't know. Oh, great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What has fallen? I don't know. These people have all read the books, probably. So I don't know. Well, so I was glad. I'm more hopeful that he's alive because I'm more hopeful because it's not thin. So well, not to skip ahead, but did you see? He is alive. Did you see? Because he just got dragged. He didn't. Right. They didn't show him dead. Exactly. Like dragged isn't dragged to safety. Right, like you know, kind of underneath. Yeah, straight to safety. Wherever I, Master Master Eamon was hiding the whole time. Well, he's just in the library, just having a read. I noticed. I don't want to skip ahead to us talking about the trailer, but I noticed that there was a shot of a pretty grand pyre with someone in the Night's Watch clothes. So I'm wondering. I don't know who it's for, but maybe I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think that that was a mortal wound on Sir Alistair. Oh, Alistair. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, somebody was on top of a pyre. Somebody's I'm curious about that, honestly. I don't, I'm not that's sure pretty, how that will turn out. That's really interesting. I hope it's not Davos. I doubt it'll be Davos. He, he I doubt he'd be wearing, the, I doubt he'd be wearing the, men of the, the clothes of the Night's Watch. They were like, you know what? You know, we've been hanging out at the wall for a while. He takes the black and then he dies. That would be a really <laughs> rough thing. <laughs> so, Kevin, the parts that you did not sleep through, uh, when you occasionally stirred, woke up, what, uh, what caught your eye as being, like, really strong? I love... The battle scene, battle scene at the castle, and especially the wall. Yeah, the wall. Where the chain, where you see just the guy's hand 
hanging oh, yeah. Oh, the after side. they had this scythe yeah. that, that I, goes down the side. That was so cool. That was awesome. I'm that curious was... to know, because when, before we, we watched, uh, I asked you if you'd ever seen it, and you were like, no. So I was like, you're definitely going to be spoiling, your, spoiling yourself on Game of Thrones in a lot of ways, because this is the finale of yeah, the right, most This is where season. the characters end up. And, and you said that you'd seen one episode before, and you'd seen... I've seen the one where the episode that, the last episode that they showed. Oh, okay. And the one where the, you, I forget how and you put it exactly. it has the guy... The thumbs. Thumb into the eyes, it's killing him. Yeah, yeah. Viper. Okay, so you, you've seen that. So now that you've seen episode 8, 9, and 10 uh-huh. of the most recent season, I mean, like, how do you feel about Game of Thrones right now? I'm curious. Like, where do you, what it's, do you think? I don't know. To me, it's a good episode, but I wouldn't pay to buy HBO just to see right. Game of Thrones. I yeah. refuse to pay, what, $50 a month? Or so just to see games and film. Mm. Is it fifty dollars a month or for HBO? Much? Yeah, I don't even. I don't know. I'm not sure. HBO costs. Right. When I rarely watch TV. Or right, well, let's say that it wasn't on a paid cable network. I'd probably DVR. Okay, something that you're interested in. If it was on a paid where. Right. On a network, there's like I don't go on my computer to mm-hmm. watch episodes. Right. Well, after after seeing. It on IMAX now. I don't know if I'll ever watch it on my computer again either. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah. for what it's worth. That's the truth. You know yep. that that acting. Can I just that, that acting gets me every time. Each of these characters that these guys are pulling off successfully. It's not a modern environment. They're talking about swords and armor and shit and having yeah. to defend each other against it. Unbelievable stuff. Just crazy. Yeah. They're able to... Sam impressed me in the previous episode. Yeah, open the location. fucking door. Yeah, fucking good doors. <laughs> Helping uh, the brother out about being afraid and what it means to have an identity now. He's got a purpose with his lady. Yeah. Oh, that was my own, by the way. Was that it? was your own? Yeah. I love all the location buildings. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome scenes. Yes, Very clear absolutely. that a lot of that is on location. I want to know where that wharf was. Uh... Worf. Not Lieutenant Commander Worf. Worf's Batlef champion. Bravosi ships were docked. Right? <laughs> yeah. you know, the Saltman. At the, yeah, the Saltman. The salty yeah. Arya's riding boatman. over on the horse and you just see this coast and it's just like gorgeous. I, I can't express how different it was. I mean, like I said, I know it's the same exact footage, but that, the, the shot of, of the boat sailing, mm. the shot of just approaching the boat, you know, you these, these the wide lady. angles just really were expansive and you could just feel... You could feel the depth of the environment, and just I felt like Westeros was truly alive, you know? Yeah. And it honestly felt, it, it held up to me, it held up to watching something like, because I had just seen The Hobbit in IMAX 3D recently, uh, it held up to me with the, the scope of those environments. And I know it doesn't have anywhere near the budget of these films, but yeah. it, it, it yeah. held up. Like, they're doing a great job with what they have available to them, the technologies they have available to them. And, they're, they're shaping the world just to feels fit exactly their capabilities. Like the, nothing, no, nothing they tried felt like it failed. Yeah, you know, in terms of effects. Right. Do you know um, what do they call the uh, figure at the front of the ship uh, that's on the front of the ship? It's the wooden usually. Um, I, I, it's a masthead, right? Masthead. The Bravosi ship. Uh, the female masthead was carrying a shield. Well, it was really cool, again, like you just fighting, oh, you know, protect your <laughs> Yeah, or mermaid, or uh, in the case of Disney yesterday, uh, our Ariel is in front of a ship. Is yeah. she? Yeah. We. Uh, I checked my pedometer. To those of you uh, listening in the in the care, oh, uh, clock so clock much. just underneath <laughs> twenty five thousand steps. Twenty five thousand steps. Just underneath twenty five thousand steps. <laughs> under the sea, and it was beautiful, um, and it was lots of fun. And also about 25 minutes getting stuck on Test Track, too. Yep. <laughs> that's true. And that's a long story. Long story. We won't get into it. There was a fire department. There was the wall. There was a leaning against the wall and being pat down. Yeah. 
it was lots of anyway that was that was a great story uh you guys how do you feel after that trailer because oh I, I forgot i don't know if anybody noticed i stood up after after <laughs> yeah. you forgot yeah. to, to expect like, the trailer i was like let's get the hell out of here yeah. uh then the trailer came and we haven't watched it uh yet until i don't know last yeah, night until now last night you and i were, were like tempted to watch it yeah it was posted online and it was just like zach you know this is up and i was like uh, oh really uh, we should probably not watch it and then I saved it for IMAX. IMAX what did, was what did you What did you guys think? The best thing. What did you guys I try to pull a Micah and Kate right now and oh, okay. just slide in a hint for the Sully listeners? Okay, fine. My favorite moment of the whole trailer was Arya standing in front of a door. That's uh, all I'm going to say. Standing in front of a door. Yes, one of the two sides. Yes, that door. One of the two doors was black, painted stark black, jet black, and the other one was white. Yes, best moment of the trailer. Wait, are you trying to give me like a hint too? You said stark black? I don't get it. <laughs> I was just stark as, you know, just it's contrasting, not safe. contrasting not, colors. Okay. That's all I'm all right, all right, all right. I know what you think stark means. I, I don't know what stark more than means. One stark I've never heard of stark. Yeah, one was black, one was white. I don't know where the hell she is. All these men shepherd her over to Bravos and then just leave her to go off on her own. To <laughs> that knock, moment to was, knock on doors. That moment was too <laughs> Excuse good. Excuse me, sir. She can Yeah, she can. Because about to ask her, I'm thinking about the, the episode again. Where did you get this coin, right? And then she says the words and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you a cabin. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can have my You'll cabin. have the finest mead on the ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have salt. Like no shit. Oh, I saw a guy shoveling it. Think. Uh we saw we saw Tywin, um Spotty. Did we? Jamie. Yeah, he I'm... was uh with Jamie and, oh, yeah, okay. uh, and they were talking about how Well, Cersei has still not forgiven Tyrion. We saw Tyrion she, was well, I, you Tyrion Tyrion, yes. Tyrion. I don't is think now... she's gonna forgive him for a while now. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> So she said something like, as that creature, every minute that goes by, he takes another breath. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. I'm like, wow, she really wants to call people to action to come and find him and kill him. But Tyrion seemed like... Be in a really good place. Yeah, you know, he was—he really? had the whole like uh, lumber sexual thing going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard that lumber gr- sexual girls like <laughs> girls like that, right? Girls, that's yeah. what I've been hearing he recently. Whatever. <laughs> you didn't like it? You're like, yeah. I prefer clean shaven Terry. Varys is still Varys. Oh, shit on his face. Well, maybe I don't know. We'll see. See, I, I always I refer to Kate for all of my, all of those questions. Uh, Varys is still plotting. That much is clear. I was surprised, Eric. About your, the various plottings, I was so taken aback by yeah. how how much the trailer gave us in that sense. Like the trailer basically said, "Hey, we're gonna help Daenerys become queen yep. of Westeros." Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, here's our le- here's where my allegiance lies, everybody. I mean, that was he says that was I was surprised. That was yeah. a big, you know. Mm. So did a Sansa have darker hair? Yeah. Little darker and little hair. finger was all up thinner, and yeah, yeah. He had lots of rings as well. You know, yeah. did you notice that? Yeah, yeah I wonder. What, I wonder what uh, Baelish is trying to get Sansa to do. He was like encouraging you wonder? her. He says, "Avenge them." I think right. he said something like that. Yeah. No, but uh, all of it was good. All of it was fantastical. That trailer was was so heavy handed in that in that theme with Daenerys and Tyrion that I, I it leads me to believe that season five is going to hold so much more than that because they've never given it away like that in the past before. The story arc, just in the first trailer. And I doubt that they'll do it now, especially not now. Well, I think we're going to see a ton of Dorn. That much has been confirmed from casting, but that wasn't that much in the trail that I noticed. Did you see the sand stick? I saw the sand stick. There was one woman who whips a barrel off, and there's a guy's head there. Good shot. Pretty good shot. Great friggin' shot, but I didn't notice. I didn't see Dorn Martell. And and props to the guy for for, uh, balancing the barrel, you know. I was looking for Alexander (laughs) City in that trailer, and I was a little disappointed. (laughs) They're clearly saving Dorn for the show, which is great. These are the characters that 
seeing them will make us feel like we need to see the show. They can't just show us a bunch of people we don't recognize. Jonathan Price. Or Jonathan Price. What about um, Braun unsheathing that sword oh. to the sky? Yeah. I was nice. like, Sir Braun of Blackwater. <laughs> <laughs> also, the harpy that fell from the top of the yeah. Great Pyramid of Irene. Oh, that was badass. If they're yeah. backing Daenerys, but some shit is going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is, oh, is that what you got out did of they, it? I don't, I don't think know. they took it down. Did they take it? Would they, did they take it down when they sacked Marine? It was well, up there. I think there. it would have been in last year's trailer then. Uh, <laughs> I think it showed, it showed falling. It did, yeah, it fell. Yeah. It fell pretty hard. Yeah. Lots, yeah, it fell <laughs> really hard. <laughs> took it down, though. Took down some stone with it. The harpy. She's just redecorating. That's just spring. That's yeah. going to be the, the opening scene of season five. It's just spring cleaning, you know, redecorating. Oh, gosh. They just take the turn up, and show a whole new direction. The harpy is, like, really sending a bad message about slavery, and I'm not all about that. It has a cat of nine in one hand. She just had her own statue cast in iron. Yeah, it looks perfectly to her likeness. Yeah. It's a, actually Daenerys' head on Khal Drogo's body <laughs> with Ferris's haircut. It's beautiful. Will you guys come and see Game of Thrones and IMAX again if there's an opportunity? No yeah? Yeah. Was that a no? I definitely no question. <laughs> no question. No more questions. Yeah, no question because it's no. She's like, I really, I enjoy, I prefer listening to the show. <laughs> if it's a success and they make money off it, I'm sure they will do it again. Probably. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> Um, I can't figure out why it felt different, but it just did. It felt like a yeah. completely new experience. It did. And I'd seen those episodes like five times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It felt like a different show. It just felt uh, bigger. And that makes sense because it literally was bigger. Right. And the sound literally was louder. Yeah. But I've just, uh, you know, we live in a culture right now where watching things on your phone is, is normal. Watching things on your computer is probably where most people in our age group actually watch things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just what they, it's just what how it goes. And I, I actually watched... Um, believe it or not, Eric, I actually watched the the, the children, the finale, um, at a family member's house on a big TV yeah. on HBO while it was on not watching on HBO Go before we recorded last year. Yeah. And I felt, you know, everything that I said before about all the scenes feeling different, like, it, that's just, that's how I felt then as well. So it wasn't the TV and it wasn't the louder. It just, it was, I think it was a little bit of, of the whole experience that made it what it is. But just more importantly, I think the screen size... Uh, just played a played a huge role for me enjoying a lot more of what was there because they they clearly do a good job of not because you see more detail absolutely when you're seeing enough on a big screen compared to like a TV right. or your computer computer iPad etc. Yeah. So this is the experience of rediscovering. I was tilting my head and looking around. What's in the left corner? What's in the right corner too? Because it's just it's you there's there's that real estate as you mentioned there's right. just that extra space to to look at it right. You know, I went, and because I had seen it once or twice before, I didn't need to look at in the actors' faces when they were talking. You know, to figure out who it was or what they were saying, I could appreciate the environment more. I just felt like it, it was it was a bigger world, and that's half of half of the reason this story is so successful. I mean, not half, but it's just you know when you see epics like Tolkien's Lord of the Rings or George R. R. Martin's uh, Song of Ice and Fire, uh, you know, that, and that's one of the reasons why the, uh, the 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 introduction is such such a big hitter for me because. Right before you watch the episode, you get this this sort of reality of this is the world, this is where everything is, and that's the point. It's supposed to be big, and it's supposed to be a place that you can chart geographically and, and live in with the episode. And that that just felt like it made more sense now. It was just better. Yeah, I agree. I would absolutely see that again. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I hope that we can see that again. I'm sure we will. In uh, traditional fashion, I think that we should we should save our, our true conversation for the when, new trailer. 
with when, Micah and Kate. Kate and Micah. And we'll yeah. do we'll do the trusty old Game of Owns frame by frame, frame by that frame. you've all come to know yeah. and love over the past yeah. few years. First, I'm going to read the tweets in however long it takes me or less. Right, and I'm sure Eric will, or Micah, excuse me, will be full of mm-hmm. lots of hints, and I'm sure Kate will back all those hints up with reckless abandon, and we will be left in the dark until April 12th. But until then, uh, we remain your friends, and we remain unsullied. Well, some. Uh, not you guys. <laughs>Get into this. So we're gonna watch the trailer. This is how we're gonna do this. We're gonna watch the trailer for season five of Game of Thrones, and we're gonna hit play at the same time. We're gonna talk over it, and uh, I think that the Zach's gonna edit in the audio later, so it'll be like you're watching with us. And then we'll discuss as non-spoilery as we possibly can. Yes, we're gonna try. I'm going to press play when you say go. I'm gonna count to three and then say go. Okay. Are you excited, Kate? This is the first time <laughs> you're seeing this. I know. I'm so all right, here we go. Okay. One, two, three. Nothing's more hateful than failing to protect the one you love. There's no justice in this world. Of course, we get we like the classic one line. Wow, sand snakes! Avenge them. Bellish. Yeah. I believe men of talent have a part to play <laughs> in the war to come. It's a weird cover of this song. I will never sit on the Iron Throne. Yeah! Beardian. You can <laughs> climb those steps and take that seat. We can be I like the music. Yeah. I'm not I mean, going it's... to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Whoa! Whoa! Monsters out there. Somewhere drawing breath. I don't think I'm ready for what I deserve. Tyrion in his wine. Yeah. They'll never even find what's left of you. Strip away the gold. Eric got his Theon moment. Yeah. It's reek. And this is what remains. The Seven Kingdoms needs a ruler loved by millions with a powerful army and the right family name. Good luck finding him. Who said anything about him? Oh, yeah! Yeah. Oh, shit! Oh, my God! That was a that was amazing. Holy shit. It was shit. good, yeah. That statue coming down at the end was so perfect. Yeah. Amazing. So well done. And now I think, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it and then we can go through it a little bit slower than that cuz I don't think we really said a whole lot. That's usually what happens is we're like, "Oh yeah, we'll talk over it." And then yeah. we get completely mesmerized by what we see. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, we don't want to screw up this moment. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So So initial reaction. Um so, again, the books are quite fuzzy to me, and uh, obviously, I, I think that 
some of the discussions that we've had about the last few chapters even have had a direct bearing on this trailer, which is uh, things like, you know, where do Varys' loyalties truly lie? Has he always just like secretly been a supporter of the Targaryen return to the throne since we know that he's been plotting to like aid or at least spy on Danny, keep track of her movements. Um, and he's been in contact with Illyrio since the beginning of this tale. And uh, it seems like this trailer has made it very, very clear that Varys is very pro Daenerys and that he and Tyrion are going to be seeking to get her um, on her her rightful Westerosi throne. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very interesting that they've because for me the plot of book four is much more um, it's much more hazy than that. It's not. It doesn't seem to be like this is the goal and this mm-hmm. is what this whole season is going to be about. This is what this whole book is about. It's one thing, uh, and that's going to be like a Danny crazy. This this was a very Danny heavy trailer. I think there's like the especially with the statue coming down at the end and mm-hmm. that like very that very dramatic pronouncement from Varys. Um, it seems like season five is going to be like. Let's let's see some Daenerys Targaryen action. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I think the focus of the trailer unquestionably was on Danny, even from the side, as you mentioned, uh, with Varys and Tyrion. Uh, and then a little bit of Lannister. We saw that early on with uh, Cersei and Jaime. And yes. the revenge she's looking to seek. We saw Tommen and Marjorie. Uh, and, and I think everything is starting to come together a little bit more. You know, we still have new areas to explore, but by and large, the families that we've been with from the beginning, we're still seeing. You know, we saw Sansa, we saw Arya, uh, we saw John, uh, and we can talk a little bit about him and and what he's up to. Um, and then there were just these little snippets of other characters that we've come to know over the season, last few seasons, I should say. Uh, but I really think that the focus now is going to be, as you mentioned. On the Targaryens, you know, you mentioned Book Four earlier. Uh, book Four is absent of Tyrion, uh, so right. I, th- right. I think that we're jumping ahead. I think that uh, I, I don't know. Like I'm excited to see how they really take a lot of plot from Book Five and infuse it into the season without doing too much to spoil the book readers. I think that's a huge task for them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to completely do it. We've heard a lot of talk, a lot of chatter about there being some moments that are going to be new and new in the sense, not that they just decided to write them in and change the plot, new in that it's canon and that it's just information that book readers have yet to be privy to because there's no book six that we can open and, and read from. And you and I have had some amount of discussion about how we feel about this. I am super pumped because of a few things. One is that I really trust the showrunners at this point. Um, two is that the the show has diverged from the books so significantly in what we've already seen that I'm I, I feel confident that it might continue to do so and maybe even more so. So the stories that we get from you know books six and seven might not be that similar to what we'll see on the show mm-hmm. previous to that. Um and also, I was not, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons. So, mm. whatever they can do to make those books more exciting, combine those storylines and, and come up with a product that, that will 
it be more compelling. Um, I'm I'm excited for it, and it's not it's not that they're bad books. They're still it's still the best series of books maybe ever mm. written in my opinion. But um, as far as like what I choose to reread, <clears throat> I always stop at the end of book three when I when I reread the series just because I'm like, oh, feast and dance are so long, and it's very mm. much that like establishing middle ground. It's like the same kind of wheel of time problem that Robert Jordan had, where it's like there's a lot of like traveling. And trying to figure things out, intense conversation, and I, I'm like, you know, I'm ready for some, I'm ready for some action, Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, so I agree. I yeah. and I, if I'm remembering correctly, they're really the same book. In it's you're you're basically getting one story that's split up into two books, right. and there's a lot of overlap in terms of timing. Um, the early part of a feast for crows sinks into the timeline a bit with Storm of Swords, and then the beginning portion of A Dance with Dragons sinks in timing-wise with a lot of A Feast for Crows, and then we kind of return to the present, so to speak. So uh, a lot to digest. Uh, Let's take a minute here, or two minutes, and go through the trailer again. I think we can go mostly scene by scene and just note some things. Right. It opens up with Cersei and it looks like Tywin being laid out, paying respect to her father. And she doesn't seem too happy. I don't think we would expect her to be. Right. She's like leaving. Looks like she's walking away from Jamie. She's leaving him there. Jamie's the one that remains at the throne while Cersei walks away. And Jamie's standing there looking very teary-eyed. I think it's a realization for him. He's freed Tyrion and Tyrion's turned around and killed their father. Although I don't know if Tywin was necessarily super awesome to either Cersei or Jaime. So I wonder, like Tywin was the one who was going to marry Cersei off to whoever and she was not into that. So now Tywin's dead. So Cersei gets to kind of do whatever the hell she wants, right? She does. But I've always thought that she may not have really liked her father very much, but Tywin Lannister is such a symbol of power in Westeros. And the fact that he's now dead is a huge blow to their family. I agree. And now we we talked so many years, I'd even say, on this show about how there have been blow after blow after blow to other families, whether it was the Starks, the Baratheons. Mm-hmm. Now the Lannisters are finally starting to get their comeuppance in this series Tywin is dead. Jamie has been maimed. Cersei's not in the best position. Um, she has a lot of enemies all around her in King's Landing. Her brother has escaped, and we know that despite his relationship with Jamie, albeit very different of how things are in the books, he does not like his sister. And he will never like his sister, and that's just another major enemy to have floating out there somewhere. And we see in this trailer now that it's very possible that he could join up with another family to try and take the Iron Throne away from her and Tommen and, and and the rest of the Lannister family. Are you so are you suggesting that Jamie might side with Tyrion? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really see how the plot for Cersei and Jamie are going to ultimately play themselves out. Right. Um, I think we have to see more develop. And I know that 
you know, based on some spoilers that were posted, I'd say late last year, we know his direction is much different uh, in this show from where he goes in the books. I see. I don't want to go into it. Um, I let we'll watch it during the season, and we can of course discuss the differences. <laughs> but as far as him allying himself with Tyrion, it's hard for me to make that decision because the event that takes place in the books leaves such a sour taste in Tyrion's mouth about Jaime, despite the fact that Jaime has set him free. Right. That I wonder if that relationship can ever be repaired. I I know that of the two, it can definitely. I can definitely see the relationship becoming, you know, repaired between himself and Jamie, never between himself and Cersei. I agree. So let's let's continue going through this. I, I was just I was just looking at the next. There's a next scene of a caravan with uh, a a series of horses and a litter being drawn, but I can't make out the flag at the head. It looks like blue and gold, maybe. Um, so I'm not I'm not totally sure which family that is. That's riding. Yeah, it is a little bit difficult uh, to make out. Yeah, and then it goes right into Jamie and Cersei having this weird, awkward moment together. I'm watching this with the sound off, by the way, so I can't, I can't remember the voiceover, but I'm just judging by their, their um, expressions. They're cheesy one-liners. You they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I'm sure they mean a lot once you've, like, you know what's going on. Well, the first one to me doesn't even make any sense. Which was what? Nothing's more hateful than failing to protect the one you love. Mm. What does that mean? Well. I suppose I suppose she could be blaming Jamie for Tywin's death. If that's the case, he failed to protect Tywin from Tyrion. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely a possibility. I I just I don't like the combination of words. I think that's that's getting into semantics a little bit. Sure, but... it's a very Cersei thing to say. Yeah. Um. So then after this this caravan rowboat, we have a rowboat. Um. With a, a like maybe some wildlings. It, it looks looks like the men on the shore are wearing armor. So. Maybe this is, um, I don't know what's going on here. It looks fucking cold, though. Yeah, definitely somewhere in the north. You're right. It could be wildlings. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could be out at a place like East Watch. East Watch by the Sea? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. But I don't know. I mean, that, there's obviously a big focus on who would be in that boat, but it's very hard to make out. Okay. And then we have a scene of Braun drawing a sword and Jamie looking very tired behind mm-hmm. him. So presumably interesting traveling companions there. Yeah. Maybe there he's continuing his lessons with Jamie. And then we have a really cool, interesting scene with torches and a bunch of people wearing crazy masks. I don't know what that looks. That looks maybe like across the narrow sea. Yeah, kind of stuff. I think so. Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the East. And then something exotic. We get Baelish talking to Sansa. His new protege. Um, uh-huh. he's, it sounds like he or is he her protege me i don't know i think that baelish has a lot more to teach uh sansa especially about the game and it sounds like he's giving her lessons now he's like this is what you're gonna do you're gonna grow up to be like a ferocious player of the game just like me which is f- terrifying and awesome um yeah he time. says there's no justice in this world unless we make it and I saw a very interesting comment, and I want to get your thoughts. Sure. And I'm going to be very vague in this comment, but the comment stated that Sansa is going to take the place of a certain character that everybody was expecting to show up at the end of last season. Ah. Ah. The one that we recorded our sullied rant about. Yep. For those of those folks that listened to that, that is 
very interesting. I find it a little unlikely um, to for her to fully take that character's place because the nature of that character and her companions just doesn't fit with anything that Sansa's going to get up to. Um, I think that Sansa will maintain her place in um, nobility. I think I, I think that she'll she'll continue to be associated with Peter Baelish. Um, and so I see her playing the game from within the confines of that structure of that system mm. more so than I see her being truly like the, that, the, the feralness of the character to which we are referring. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think she could definitely take on certain attributes of that character. Yeah. I think clearly she's going to want revenge for her family. And there's that moment later on in this trailer where Baelish talks to her about that. Yes. And we would expect that, you know, having lost her mother, having lost uh, Rob and having lost, well, going back, you know, to season one, her father, and then she still thinks Bran and Rickon are dead. Mm -hmm. So really um, she has no cause to think any member at this point of her family is alive because Arya is a huge question mark. And, you know, John is not really ever seen as as being a real member of the Starks, um, especially by Catelyn. And we know sort of, I think the influence that Catelyn had on Sansa uh, in in early on in the series, you know, Sansa is more the proper lady. Arya is more of the tomboy, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, but right now, she believes her her entire family to be dead, and. Mm -hmm. I would think if I were in her position, I'd want revenge as well if I could get it. This is a completely off topic, but Sophie Turner also, I don't know if everybody heard this, got cast as Jean Grey for one of the upcoming like young X-Men style, the, the first class era movies. And I'm super excited about it. Mm. She's going to rock it. Anyway, let's continue. The next scene is obviously the Sand Snakes. Um, we have the the probably... I'd say I'd say most of them, and one of them is whipping the shit out of a barrel, and the barrel flies off to reveal a man's head who is clearly buried <laughs> to his yeah, neck in the he's sand. He's got some problems, and there's some scorpions wandering around him. So the sand snakes are already showing themselves to be ferocious. I don't know. I don't recognize who this is. This ball. Yeah, I, I don't know who it is. Um, I'm sure we'll find out. But of course, the sand snakes, the daughters of Oberyn Martell, right. who who must be infuriated. Yeah, they're they're a little pissed off. I think we saw a message uh, that they sent uh, a little bit later on in this trailer mm, okay. uh, to to Cersei. Uh, next scene, wherever it is that Tyrion has ended up, we see several scenes of him sort of in the like this this lush lap of luxury. Presumably, after his long boat ride, he ends up in this tropical paradise, and I think this mm. is this looks like an establishing scene of that same setting yeah to me. It, it's definitely somewhere out in the east uh we of course have an idea of where Tyrion is going to be traveling right um he's with Varys we see him at multiple times in this trailer mm -hmm. uh we'll we'll save the surprise if it's really a surprise I don't know but we have another scene of of Baelish and and Sansa that's the avenge them scene. yeah the avenge them it's very interesting how they've chosen to portray Sansa in the scene because she looks exactly like her mother. Her her hair looks darker. It's braided in, in a much more conservative way than the ways that she's been doing her hair, especially when mm -hmm. she was at court. It was much more like Marjorie Terrell. Um, mm -hmm. But now she's- That's how I braid my hair. It, it's beautiful on you too. But she's wearing, she's wearing the, like less makeup or something. But in this particular scene, I have it paused. 
she looks so much like Catelyn, and you know that's what Peter Baelish is thinking too. Yep. <laughs> Weirdo. Okay. <laughs> so then Me or have- him? <laughs> no, him. Well, both, both. of you. Um, we have another scene that looks like related to the rowboats from earlier. And they do look like wildlings, at least from what we know them to traditionally dress. Yeah, they look like they're wearing skins. I see a few men in black. The, the men on the boats look like they're wearing black. There's a man on the pier who also looks like he's wearing black. So there, this might be some kind of clash between wildlings and, and Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even though Mance has been captured by Stannis uh, and they've defeated the wildlings at least just north of the wall at Castle Black, Mm -hmm. there's still many other factions of wildlings that have tried to either climb the wall in certain areas, go around the wall. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Mance was just not leading a war on that one front. Sure. Uh, He had backup plans. And I think that maybe to your point, that's what we're seeing here. Um, And, John finds out about it. He's got to go and, and handle these situations. Um, of course, they are much in a much better position now, having uh, Stannis's men uh, as a resource. Yeah. For them. Next scene, I believe this is Daenerys. It's a little hard to tell. The face is kind of uh, obscured, but it looks like she's she's um, offering a blood, a bit of her blood for something. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I've got that face right, but it's it looked I, like a child to me. Well, so she's got long, like whitish blonde hair, and so it could be mm. I don't know, it could be Marcella. I think it might be a younger version of a certain character. Okay, so then we have a scene of presumably Marjorie and Tommen having just gotten married, um, or at least at least being presented together as an engaged couple, uh, which is great. Tommen looks adorable. In his little crown. Everybody's very excited. They're clapping. Um, Mm -hmm. And she's, it looks like she's wearing the cloak of protection, which is a a traditional part of the the marriage ceremony. So I would guess that this is them having just gotten married. And then we have a shot of more wildlings. It looks like the Lord of Bones is leading the charge there. (laughs) Such a cool helmet. (laughs) I want one of those. Oh my God. So awesome. Yeah. So I think the scene that we've been seeing earlier where I was like, I think they might be wearing armor. It, this is exactly what the the garb was. So those those two previous cold scenes were definitely had to do with wildlings. Yeah, and now they're they're on the move. Uh, Varys, Varys, and Tyrion are arriving. Tyrion rather unceremoniously into this this tropical paradise land. Um, looks like he survived his boat ride with uh, a little more hair growth on the head and face, but otherwise mm-hmm. looking well. He can't shave in there as he was. A, yeah, but he managed to maintain his tan, which is. Which is great. The, the the rays came through the box. And, you know, <laughs> Varys slipped him in a little bit of uh, sunscreen to make sure that he uh, preserved his uh, <laughs> Probably. beautiful skin color. The next scene we have is what looks to be Dragonstone. Um, this this looks like someone's about to be strapped to a pyre and burned. Um, I'm guessing I'm saying Dragonstone because one of the the figures at the front looks like Melisandre, um, just to the left of the pyre. This is all speculation, but there she's way into burning people, and mm-hmm. this does this does have that like dreary look of Dragonstone. I would have said Winterfell, but that that's been sacked. So yeah, um, well, she's at the wall now, so I mean that could be the wall. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. So they might be they might be doing a burning at the wall. Oh yeah, okay. So if you look, yeah, because I can see the lift in the background. Yeah, there. the lifted the lift in the background and the the frozen um, stuff. Yeah, okay. So they're at the wall. And so I would say to burn somebody. Uh, my guess would be. 
either Mance or Tormin because both have been captured Ooh, yeah. as far as we know. So okay. uh, we know Melisandre is crazy about her uh, sacrifices. and uh, Yeah, she's way into him. Somebody is uh, going to get lit up. Uh, we have a, a scene of Cersei looking um, very smug, indeed. Um, that's that's all she's doing. Um, we have more of Varys and Tyrion in a some kind of wild exotic market where a man is offering them a very large snake, and they seem nonplussed. They're cool mm-hmm. with it. They look that Varys looks a little bit out of, out of his element. Maybe they are they're clearly like seeking someone. Um, so that's exciting. Do you think it's uh, troublesome for Tyrion to be traveling around with Varys, or vice versa, for that matter? I think it's very interesting that Varys is like a master of disguise and he's just going around looking normal. Like, that's not a great idea for you, Varys. I understand that for the the conceit of television, we have to be able to recognize him. But I I do think that like- At least pull a hood up or something. Yeah, we've, I mean, Tyrion's got a beard and he's got a hood. Um, but Varys, Varys is, is not an anonymous creature- and he doesn't seem to be too worried about being recognized. I doubt that'll come into play. I doubt he's like trying to broadcast that they're there, but you never know. And then we get a, a quick cut scene of some horses Horsies. running. Yep. Very fast. And switches to John, which if you're listening with the music, there's that we could be heroes. And of course, as heroes is is sung, it flashes a picture of John. Ooh, good catch. Uh, because, because who else would you want to be your hero? Right. Aside from Jon Snow. Um, yeah, he's looking very heroic. He's he's perched on top of something at the wall. And then there's a scene of Sansa in a bath. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I'm kind of nervous, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, you never know. I There's there's a lot of perfectly innocent bath scenes <laughs> in the show. Um, but she's looking... She's looking very, uh, very relaxed. And then um, we get uh, two women walking into the woods together. I'm, Holding hands. Get that from I'm guessing. Behind. I don't know who these people are. One of Daenerys's great lines um, about the wheel, uh, which wheel she's talking about. I don't know. Yeah. There's a scene of like, well, it looks like a, st- a giant leaning against a wall. I, I, I'm saying giant instead of a man because of the way that he's moving is almost like ponderous. Mm-hmm. I don't, maybe not like a true giant, but he looks, he looks quite a bit larger than a normal dude, but I could be making that up. No, he does. Wildlings um, who are approaching some kind of a fort and they're looking at the gate warily. Um, yeah. Maris is going to break the wheel. Yeah, she's going to break it. She's not just going to stop it. She's mm-hmm. going to break it. Yeah. Uh, and then Jorah is uh, in a fighting pit. <laughs> And uh, he's he's got some. It looks like it looks like he's been bloodied already um, uh-huh. on his arm. There's a. There's I a wonder large what he's doing blood. fighting. I wonder what he's doing fighting. Is he trying to earn back his honor? Because we know that he's been dismissed. He's been uh, exiled, right? Yeah. Yeah, by Daenerys. We don't have any proof that she's watching this. No, we don't. But let's look at the the outfits in the background. Are very. Um, they look very Astaporian, if that's the right word. Like it looks, it looks like the kind of like silky, colorful stuff that that people have been wearing in the towns that Daenerys has been in recently. So at at the very least, he's not back in Westeros here. No, he's, he's still he's still on on her side of the narrow sea. And uh, I think that he's going to at some point try and get you know win his win himself back into her favor. Right. I I think that really 
she is all he has. If we're being <laughs> yeah. completely honest here, he doesn't want to go back to Westeros mm-hmm. without her or without standing by her side. And uh, it's going to be uh, a tall task for him to to prove himself because if you remember how uh, he left in the last season, he was riding away on his pony. Yep, uh, and he looked uh, pretty. Uh, he looks upset pretty about sad. It. Yeah, he it was it was very much a goodbye moment for Jorah. But it yep. makes it makes sense. He's not gonna he's not gonna give up that easy, especially yeah. because he doesn't trust the people that are around her now. And no. so, if he's truly interested in her well being, he's now gonna have to go to some pretty drastic measures to prove it. I think, and this could be um, a topic of discussion: whether or not he trusts Barristan. I think for all intents and purposes, Barristan is a very honorable guy. Sure. Uh, he masks his true identity in the book. In fact, where we are in A Storm of Swords, he's yet to reveal himself mm-hmm. um, to her. And I think that moment gives her a cause for concern. And we won't get into exactly how it plays itself out because it does tie in to to Jorah's storyline as well. And we haven't gotten there in the book. But uh, I think you're right that all the other people that we've seen around her are non-trustworthy just just from the the, the sheer fact that uh, she's gone from city to city and she's acquired certain people in each of those cities um, some who have proven their worth some who are you know just waiting for the next opportunity um, to make some money yeah uh, really I mean that that's a lot of the individuals that she comes across are just um, their sell swords or they're very passionate about the cities in which they live, which you would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's unfortunate that all of these cities are slaver cities. Uh, but you know, this is how these people have lived their lives for however many years. And they take um, exception to the fact that she is coming into these cities. Um, she's liberating them and she's really taking away their power. Right. And I think she's going to, now in this season start to see some of the pushback um as she has taken up residence now in in is it in yunkai i think that i mean all this us us speculating about this again i i've mentioned this before i was just it's kind of like are we speculating or are, are we spoiling but i think it's pretty it's pretty natural to think like she's she's liberating these towns and and then she's just like leaving governments behind in her wake and and it may not be as simple as that Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be more complicated. I don't think we're spoiling because if we were spoiling, we would say, oh, well, they left out this character and this character ha- <laughs> does this, which sure. has huge implica- uh, implications. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we're we're going down the path that a lot of people who have watched the first four seasons would start to, yeah. you know, draw similar conclusions. Um, and then we get a really cool moment. Yeah, this is super cool. With uh, with Cersei sitting at a table and she opens this a puzzle box. Yeah, it looks like a puzzle box, and inside is this looks like a viper to me. Yeah, and I and I alluded to this earlier on when we were talking that perhaps this is a message being sent from Dorne. This is a red viper for what was done to Oberyn Martell. Yeah, it's a red viper with some kind of uh, pendant necklace wrapped around its 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 lower jaw. But this does this does look like. Some kind of threat from Dorne. And then Cersei says uh, that monster's out there somewhere drawing breath and, of course, referring to Tyrion. Tyrion we get a shot of him as well. Who gets the next scene being a monster. And she's she's talking to 
Jamie in, in strong, fierce tones. And Jamie's like just taking, taking the rating. He's, he's <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I get it. Then we have Melisandre setting fire. Yeah, a little something. resolution to yeah. that scene earlier. Yeah, she's she's setting someone on fire. And then there appears to be a different kind of fire next, um, which is a funeral pyre for someone. Yeah, probably um, for Melisandre as well. You think so? I think she just likes to light people on fire. She's, <laughs> she's a pyromaniac. I, th- I think that's the truth about her. Uh, and it has nothing to do with Roller. It's just that she has an obsession with fire. And, and I, you know, we talked about this back in one of the chapters, probably Arya's chapter, um, the difference between her and Thoros of Mir, the fact that, you know, she, you know, sacrifices people, whereas Thoros breeds life back into people. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting, sort of the, the dichotomy of this religion. We could talk about it for probably an entire episode um, but she's whack she's super whack and uh next we have uh Tyrion taking a shot of something he's he's resigned himself to drinking and feeling sorry for himself yeah well I, it's good to see uh Tyrion and it, it actually doesn't look like wine unless it's the wine of the uh particular city that they're in looks like he was drinking some hard liquor there, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh then we have a scene of what looks maybe like John John Snow or somebody yelling with me. Yep. Um, and Come on, you know those curly locks. I know, but there's, there's they're all really greasy and wet. So I don't. They, you're just sort of a lot of a lot of curly hair. But it looks John yelling with me, and then some kind of wildling Night's Watch battle, which sounds very exciting. Yeah, and then Jamie, Jamie entering a palace. Yeah, looks to be dressed in uh, some some lighter clothing. Yeah, it looks actually. If when I first saw it, it, it I thought it was. Uh, Oberyn Martell, the way that he's he's dressed. So could Jamie be in Dorne? Yeah, Jamie could. We be know Marcella's there. I will say that's not anything I remember from the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a very sexy lady, not wearing much, <laughs> not, not wearing a whole lot, but she's got she's got a great bod and she's turning towards someone invitingly because it's Game of Thrones. We got to get our quota. Uh, and then we have the lift going up the wall. And I just listened to what Olena said. She's fucking threatening someone. Yeah, she said. They'll never find what's left of you. She's either threatening or warning someone, like not to do I something. I think it's a warning. I, I don't. She, the she way just the delivery of it. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, like, don't do this. They're never. She gonna looks find. concerned about that person. Yeah. It's just again, it's just a shadowy figure. Can't see who it is. And then we get some fight sequences. Elena appears to care only about her. Like she's she. I, I would guess that she's speaking to to Marjorie here. It's the very high likelihood she's speaking to Marjorie. Um, maybe to Tommen, if Tommen is is using some kind of strong language, um, it seems like a weird thing to say to the king, but mm-hmm. and, and even to the queen is just like they'll never find what's left of you. I don't, I, I don't know, but it's it's sort of hard to imagine her speaking compassionately and giving someone a warning if they weren't like immediately yeah. important to her, you know. Well, and the question would be: Is Olena still in King's Landing, or is she back? True. And that would obviously influence right. who she's saying that to. Uh there's a scene of Jamie getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, by who? It's a little hard to tell. It doesn't see. doesn't look like, like a... one of his fights with Braun because no. that dude is not wearing Braun S clothing. No. It looks like it looks like uh almost like one of the sand snakes, which would be pretty cool. <laughs> the sand snakes beat up Jamie. Okay, so here's here's a shot of presumably Young Kai or something similar um with 
a graffiti on the back that says kill the masters and, and by graffiti you mean blood blood good <laughs> blood graffiti and someone wearing one of those the aforementioned cool ass masks that we saw so um this is all the I, I assume that means that the masters here are wearing these these ornate golden masks and yeah they're being and we saw them covered. earlier on in the trailer so there right. there appears to be some conflict some uprising yeah uh, that Dandy is going to have to contend with. So, and then there's that quick shot of Reek looking, Reek, yeah, looking, looking Eric's rough. Eric's going to be happy. And then there's this, there's a shot of this person riding on a horse, and it's it looks like the same costume of whoever was beating the shit out of Jamie. Right, and he looks like he's riding at Bron, who's about to, yeah, uh, do to some slice, damage to do that some, horse, do some slicing. Yeah, so there's some kind of there's some kind of Dornish encounter between Bron, Jamie, and a third party, male or female, but certainly Dornish. Um, there's, um, almost look like monks. Yeah. It, the, the voiceover says, um, knock down the statues, strip Destroy away the gold, gold knock, knock down, down the statues the, and yeah. the remains. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's something, there's something going on. There's, they look like monks. They have, they have hooded black robes and they're breaking open casks of ale or wine or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Arya knocking on a door yeah, that is both Arya. black and white. Yeah, she's been the subject of a lot of the Raven's messages uh, that we've gotten on Twitter. She has a damn cool storyline. Um, mm-hmm. She's picking up really people. cool. She's wearing she's wearing a dress, which I think is interesting, and she's she's looking at at needle. And then we get Varys's line: "The Seven Kingdoms need a ruler loved by millions." And what's interesting is the. Um, the scene that this is voiced over is a shot of what looks like soldiers from the Vale. Yes. Yep. They they have the bird, which I assume means that they're sent they're being sent by Baelish somewhere. Um so to me that that could imply that Varys and Baelish are working in tandem. That would be interesting. It would be. And then there's a cool shot of like a of some kind of battle map with little little X stick figures on it. Dreadfort, right? Is this the Dreadfort? Oh, I don't I know. I, I remember from when oh, yeah. Rob had that map uh, a couple seasons ago, and then he used the uh, the X's to mark the where Roos Bolton's troops were. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Those that does look like little flayed mans. But I wonder whose map this is. Stannis, maybe. There's no Stannis in this trailer. Vera says, "Well, they, we need a we need a family ruler loved by millions and." And with Tyrion, the right name. Yeah, with the right name. And Tyrion says, good luck finding him. And Varys says this. He like puts his hands That's on his hips all the sassy. Trailer. He's like, who said anything about him? And then there's a, a wonderful like shot of Daenerys. She's, yeah. She has she's, her dragon has got a very big head. Is that Drogon? I would think. I would think so. Right? I would think so. Yeah. Um, it looks He's like the Drogon. badass. He's he the one who's still, by the way, nobody knows where he is. Yeah. He took off and the other two are locked up for right. the time being. Right. Um, but where... Varys and Tyrion, they look like they're in um, Caribbean somewhere. They do, they do. They're in, they're in some. They're on vacation paradise. together. Yeah, somewhere in Essos. They're in Orlando with uh, Eric and Zach. <laughs> it looks to me like it looked like the the big establishing shot at the beginning of this was like it looks like Beverly Hills, or like I I went to several um, places in like southern France. There's like Monaco has this beautiful garden that looks like that. So I may maybe yeah. maybe somewhere like that. And then we get a sequence of cutscenes and one of them struck me as being a little weird uh-huh. uh it was Masande and gray worm and they're kissing otp yeah. i love them <laughs> they're so cute which is interesting uh considering a number of things we don't have to go into it but <laughs> yeah well that we got we have um 
a guy hitting another guy over the head, and we have um, Melisandre showing her boobs to somebody, and then we have Danny walking down the stairs surrounded by her um, her unsullied. And Looks like we have Dario there with Barristan yeah, and yeah. Grey Worm. Yeah, and we have Illyria Sand. It looks like her. She's she's being menaced by a bunch of spears. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to make out. Yeah, it's a little fuzzy, but she was wearing it's that same hairstyle a, earlier in the trailer. Yeah, so it's it's either her or um one of the sand snakes uh in that scene. I don't, I'm not sure which one. There's some there's some fingernails on wood looking rough. Maybe reek. There's a very fast shot of a bald man with a, with a, an axe. Looks like a wildling. This is this. It gets very hard to go scene by scene here because we're like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Ygrid is dead, so it can't be her. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some horses riding super fast around a keep. There's some old. There's some masters. We know they're masters or like they're slaves dressed as masters because they're stabbing other people. And then is that Marjorie again? That looks like Marjorie. Yep. She's hugging somebody. Probably probably Tommen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's we get, fighting another fighting pit. Maybe the same fighting pit. Yeah. D- Danny looks like she's standing right in the middle of it. In she her is. Yeah. White, uh, dress. And there's a bunch of Targaryen flags hoisted around the arena. Um, and people are running from the stands. So I suspect something has gone awry here. Yeah. And like they've turned on Danny. Some um, problems for Danny. What a shot. There's a crow and he's feasting. <laughs> and then. Title drop. The- <laughs> <laughs> the the coolest, the coolest, I'd say the money shot of this trailer. If you only have three seconds to watch the trailer, watch like one uh, minute 46 through like minute 50. And, and it's just it's a wonderful, wonderful shot of them toppling the uh, the harpy. Yeah. And that's really how the trailer uh, that's it. ends. If we remember, that's uh, where the Targaryen banner was hung at the end of last season. Right. Um, and That's right. so now uh they're they're tearing down the statues, right? As mm-hmm. uh the song was uh playing earlier in the trailer. So yeah. it's just a lot to digest, a lot. And I'm sure we'll spend some more time on it. Um Zach and Eric will provide their thoughts. Um they saw it in Orlando and uh once we're all back together we'll get into uh more detail. But uh I think uh I can speak for both of us when I say we're really excited for this season. There's there's going to be more to come. Obviously, there's been photos officially released, mm-hmm. um, some pertaining to this trailer, some otherwise, and we'll go through those in the coming weeks and just uh, a lot to look forward to. This is just one of probably several trailers that we're going to get before season five premieres. Before I, uh, we leave it, there's um, sort of a relevant question on Twitter from Bevan Boychuk who says, based on show and book progress, how many seasons do you think we have left? I would say two. I would say they'd stretch it to three. This, yeah. has, been, this has been such a moneymaker for HBO and in such a like a non-destructive way, I feel like. Sometimes a show can just go on too long and you know that they're, they don't know where they're going, but we all know that we know where the show's going. Like George has a plan for this. He knows how it ends. He's told D&D how it ends. So I would guess three more. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see who's right. Yeah, a couple of years from now, uh, <laughs> or or when they officially announce how many more yes. seasons they're going to yeah. have. But uh, you know, we did ask for listeners on Twitter to 
uh, you know, send us your thoughts, Unsullied, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, Johan actually had a question for us. He said, uh, Varys seems to want to help Daenerys. Do you think this always has been the case? And uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier on in the show. I think his allegiance uh, is becoming very clear in this trailer. And, and I, we'll see more of it this season. But uh, has it always been the case? I think based on his actions now, you can assume that on some level, he's always worked for the Targaryens because mm-hmm. that's who he was um, originally brought to court to serve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just kind of been in the background as a master manipulator uh, through the reign of King Robert and, you know, Joffrey and now Tommen. And I think that it, it's hard to tell if he's always been in their corner but I think he may see Daenerys as having the best potential to unite the realm. And you know, his, he's always had these one-liners in, in the show about being there for the good of the realm. And if that's truly who he serves or what he serves, his purpose, then I think that she is the best option for that right now. I agree. And I don't know – I don't know if we, we can truly say whether Varys' loyalty has ever been um, – focused on on one person throughout the entire story. I think it's possible that it fluctuates day to day, hour to hour, wherever he can see the most advantage for himself. Um, I, I think that Varys is ultimately very interested in keeping keeping himself and his information and his power as close mm-hmm. to the the seat of of uh of power in the realm as as yeah as we've seen. So I think he would be an interesting person to get a point of view chapter from. Oh my God. The things that must go through his mind. So and good. Yeah. It's hard to say as, as you pointed out, because a character like Tyrion, for example, he, he has a good relationship with Tyrion and Tyrion is a Lannister. And I think he could have easily had a good working relationship with Ned Stark too. I, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that he actually valued a lot of the attributes that Ned had. I think so too. To say that he's completely pro-Targaryen, it's hard. Um, but at this moment, seeing what we've now seen in the trailer, I think it's safe to say that he is backing her and trying to do what is necessary to help her claim the throne in right. Westeros. Certainly, certainly now he's he's very publicly extending his his information and his power and his loyalty to the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Matthew Canfield asked us, uh, it looks like Jon is leading the wildlings in battle, but against who? The Manus? Uh, I think it's really hard with those scenes to try and figure out who's fighting who and who's leading who into battle. Uh, I mean, there's certainly the book to use as reference, but we don't want to do that because we don't want to spoil anything. But I, just for me, those shots are the hardest because of the the attire that they wear is very similar. And I don't know if I can really give opinion on this from like an unsullied perspective because I do remember what happens with John, so I don't particularly think it's a it's a super good idea to speculate on yeah it. i agree the lady ash says i'm so excited to see more of dorn and where oh, Tyrion yeah. is and what little finger is up to yeah in fact some of the scenes with Varys and Tyrion remind me of how i imagined dorn to look when i first started reading this book it's just like lots of sunshine and tropical fruits and 
uh, like the, he talks about the blood oranges. He's like the prince, Prince Doran, Doran um, has gout in his feet. And he, he talks about how the blood oranges like burst and how his feet, his feet look like the blood oranges. It's pretty, it's pretty gross. I like graphically yeah. remember that scene. Um, so it's, it's tasty it, wherever, wherever they are is, it's just like this beautiful, beautiful place. But I think seeing more of Dorn, even if it is more of a desert, um, locale, cause we haven't had a lot of desert yet besides yeah. the, the, the Kalazar scenes. I think it's clear we're going there. I, you know, we've seen a couple of scenes, uh, to lead us to believe that and certain characters in those scenes. So I'm looking forward to Dorne too. And mm. I think based on what we've seen in the trailer, it's going to be really cool. Uh, and then finally, Gary Manis, um, you know, speculating Tyrion on his way to Danny, uh, based on what uh, Varys had to say, uh, and a Sand Snake doing her best Indiana Jones impression. <laughs> uh, seven Hells, I'm pumped. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a great season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, we will of course continue to uh, get your feedback on the season five trailer. Keep sending it in at Game of Owens on Twitter or post on our wall on Facebook, facebook.com slash Game of Owens, or email us, contact at gameofowns.com. Any of those ways is a great way to get in touch with us. And you know, we look forward to uh, sharing your excitement uh, on this trailer. I'm sure we'll talk about it more uh, as uh, you know we, we find a way to reconvene our council. We're a very small council here today of two. <laughs> well, hopefully this episode will be spliced in with, with lots of Zach and Eric. So you'll have all four of us. We'll be back next week with a full crew and uh, ready to digest more of season five. Some chapters. Oh, yeah. Those two. See, see this is what happens. This yeah. is what happens. Now we're screwed. I'm here to interrupt the eloquent episode closings of Micah and Kate to offer up a special treat to those of you listening in celebration of our upcoming new series of episodes that are Sullied-centric, which is something that we're really very excited about. And I've had many long hours of conversations sort of pouring over what we'd like to do with those. Um, this new trailer begs for more than one perspective, obviously more than just the Sullied perspective, and we know that many of you out there are in the latter camp that Micah and Kate share. So why not explore further and eavesdrop on another conversation with Micah and Kate as they answer emails, read the tweets, I think. I'm not really sure because I can't listen to it. And I suppose just in general, talk about things of which I have absolutely no idea. Please enjoy. It's so nice. Oh, it's so nice. It's like being on a plane for like a super long trip, like you're going to Tokyo or something, and you get you get to stand up at the end and stretch. That's how it feels to do an unsullied or sullied episode for me. Because I'm just like, ah, oh, I can just say whatever the hell I want and not worry about anything. That's right. So for those who are unsullied, we will warn you one more time. What we're about to get into is spoiler territory. Spoiler. We we never, never encourage you to turn us off at any time <laughs> except for now because we don't want to be responsible for you spoiling or for, for us spoiling you on anything beyond what you've seen or read. And uh, we can't stress that enough. Uh, we want to do this because you know I think it gives us a good opportunity to talk about some things that a lot of our listeners have been thinking about over the uh, the last 
probably a few days having seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we did a spoiler-esque episode um, not that long ago uh, at the end of season four because a certain character was left out. But I will say here and now, please turn us off if you do not want to be spoiled because we're about to jump into it. Yep. We got some emails um, that we're going to tie into the trailer talk. The trailer is going to be the focus. Yes. I think we can start safely, right, with uh, Tyrion's storyline. Let, yeah. Let's begin there because I think that with Varys, number one, having traveled with him across the Narrow Sea, mm-hmm. that's, that's we don't get that in the books. Different. Yep. Okay. Um, and Tyrion, of course, uh, ends up in the hands of Magister Illyrio. Right. Uh, who we know to be another supporter of the Targaryens. We got a, a great question earlier on in the episode uh, talking about Varys' allegiance. And I think that the trailer begins to show at least his allegiance as it stands in the moment. Um, but I feel at least having read through book five that Varys, his allegiance is with the Targaryens. Uh, yeah. And it's proven towards the end of book five um, and really, Tyrion's storyline is going to be different in the show. And I think they did it in a way such that it, it just speeds things up a little bit. But one of the major omissions, uh, at least for the time being, it seems, that the show has has decided upon is that of young Griff. Right. And I, I think that's uh, – so as a refresher – because I just had to have my own little refresher for Young Griff. Young Griff is the nickname that they've given to Aegon Targaryen, the youngest. Um, mm-hmm. He is the offspring of Rhaegar and Aaliyah, the oh, the surviving the surviving offspring. And uh, I guess until until we meet Young Griff, we are under the impression that Rhaegar's children were all murdered. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's Tyrion who, on his journey with this group, uh, discovers the truth about young Griff mm-hmm. and the fact that he is Aegon Targaryen and that the protector of him is, in fact, John Connington, who was hand to Rhaegar um, during his time. So, it, you know... It, there, there's always these big surprises that come into play from George, and I think that this was very cleverly written. Somebody actually asked about how did Tyrion make this discovery. Um, I think Tyrion innately is a very you know, smart individual, and I think based on certain things that were taking place around him, his observations, knowing who was responsible for um, pairing him up with this group that he is traveling with, mm-hmm. uh, he he started putting pieces of the puzzle together. Uh, and he was able to deduce that he was traveling with uh, the one who has the, the strongest claim, right, uh, to the Iron Throne. Right. And it makes it makes a lot of sense that there, because it, mm, it, seems, it seems like the story about Rhaegar and Aaliyah's offspring was really ironclad up to this point. Everybody told the same tale, which was that the the baby was torn from her breast and its head was dashed against the wall. I remember I remember this very, very clearly. And this is part of the reason why Gregor Clegane is considered to be such a monster is because he he was able to just thoughtlessly murder this infant child. But it makes 
it, it actually makes plenty of sense that this would be the ironclad story, especially if it had anything to do with Varys protecting the Targaryen line. Varys would be excellent at at uh, disseminating a rumor that was super not true and making everyone think it was true, right? So, um, and then and then secret secreting the boy away, um, and so. I think that that's that's a really interesting. It's one of those things in this story that makes you question everything you know. This is like this this is this is what happened, and there's no question about it uh, because everybody thinks that this is what happened and this is just part of the lore. And then it's totally not what happened. This kid is alive and well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, go ahead. It is a very various thing to do, uh, and in, if in fact he is such a strong supporter of the Targaryens and their line, you would find it pretty easy to believe the fact that he would protect uh, young Aegon and and get him away before any ill could befall him, um, you know, seeing him as the, the rightful heir to the throne mm-hmm. uh, should the opportunity present itself later on. And, and we learn throughout uh, the story that you know he's being trained you know he's being you know raised to go back to Westeros and to claim what's rightfully his but this omission from season 5 right we've we've not gotten any news of casting it's it's possible that you know there are things that have been left out of this trailer but what really kind of solidifies for me the fact that he's not going to be in this season is the fact that we've also seen Tyrion get paired up with Ser Jorah very, very quickly. Um, and we know how that storyline um, ultimately plays itself out. So if if they're kind of skipping and, and putting him with a character that we're all familiar with, as opposed to throwing him in with a bunch of people that we've never heard of before, mm-hmm. you wonder what is the the real sort of purpose behind Aegon and behind John Connington? Is, is this just some red herring that George has thrown out there um, and and why would Varys want somebody who is essentially a fraud to try and take back the Iron Throne? I don't know. It's all very confusing. I'm also I'm I'm recalling other details about this the uh, the murder of the the babe. Apparently, there was a baby that was killed. Um, it just was not actually Aegon. It was a it was a a, a duplicate baby, a, a, a decoy baby. That was that was killed. So that was not the the rumor, but the rumor being that Aegon was killed is true. Um, yeah. So I I don't know that I necessarily disagree with the removal of this character because it is um, it is such like a a purposefully clouded version of what I think I think Varys intends, which is that the Targaryens reclaim the throne. So if George's intention were to get Aegon back on the throne with Daenerys by his side or something, it seems it's a little odd for us to have cared so much about Daenerys as a character and to have either rooted for her or booed her or whatever, um, and then to put somebody else on the Iron Throne. Um, who who has more of a right to it or whatever. I, I've always thought that the character of young Griff was a little weird in that way because I was like, well, why do I, I mean, it's cool that this kid is alive, of course, but why do I care about him 
getting like his his rightful place back? Is it just Varys hedging his bets and being like, well, if Danny gets murdered somewhere along the way, at least we've got this other Targaryen in the wings mm-hmm. ready to to come along. What do you think? Yeah, it's almost like you you wonder what's true and what's not true because there are Targaryens now that are just popping up everywhere. <laughs> Initially, you thought it was just Danny and Viserys, right. and Viserys gets killed in Game of Thrones. And now you have Danny, and to your point, you've been supporting her all along. You've been behind her. You've you've wanted her to succeed and to finally make her way back to Westeros and claim the throne for herself. And now, all of a sudden, you know you're you're faced with a a character long thought to be dead, um, who has been brought up and and trained, you know, in many different ways, um, both physically and academically to one day return home and claim what is rightfully his. And it's almost as if there would be this this clash between the two of them, right? right. Because you're talking about uh, Rhaegar's son versus Rhaegar's sister. And, uh, you know, in terms of who has the true rightful claim could get a little bit murky there. Um, though I guess Aegon could technically marry Daenerys and, you know, that would clear all of that up but right. uh and then you think about John as a as a potential Targaryen technically he's only half Targaryen but he would also have some sort of claim if that were to be proved true um to the throne so it's now it's almost like a three-way power struggle between them uh depending on when John actually learns the truth about himself and so I just what what bothers me, and and I think it's going to happen a lot now as we move forward, as the, the television show begins to surpass what is in the books. You're going to learn a lot about what is important versus what's not important, right. and I think as a reader that hurts you a little bit because you've invested so much time reading these books and and you understand things do have to be cut. Sure. There's no way all of this stuff could end up in a television show. Otherwise there would be way more than, than seven or eight seasons. It's, there's just too much, but at the same time you have to feel that if this storyline is not some way included and, and maybe they're able to bring it back in later on, uh, in in season six, right? Well, one of our one of our questions um, about Young Griff from Evan Brewer asks if um, if it means that they cut him because he's not relevant to the ending of the novels, and whether or not that's the case, um, I don't think that they would make such a an obvious broad cut that would essentially spoil. Um, the 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 plot line of an entire set of characters that that we've been reading about. I don't think they would do that intentionally. I think that he is as I've said before my theory is that the novels and the show are going to go two very very different directions eventually. I think we'll we'll compare the finale of the show with the end of the books and say that they will be like wow, they really there's it's almost like a like a a slightly off um, parallel universe ending of 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 the story. That's my theory. I think maybe the major events will be the same, but the details will be different. And so, I think that young Griff, if he weren't relevant to the end of the novels, George would not have gone to such trouble to introduce him. 
and to keep him alive through a, a variety of calamity that he's gone through in his life. I, he's got some purpose in the books, um, and he, it, it might be that he's just not going to be in season five. But as I've theorized, we have at least two more seasons beyond that, so he could be in season six. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's irrelevant. I think leaving him out of season five makes a lot of sense because uh, you've got however many hundred million people watching the show now, <laughs> some some ridiculous number, um, and so to have all those people have to now be introduced to a new Targaryen that they have to cheer for. I think I think it would be it would just be confusing storytelling for television. And in some ways it's confusing storytelling for a book too. But um apparently there's a popular theory that he's not he's like a, f- a fake that he, that he's he's not a real Targaryen and I I wonder what you what you think about that Micah. I, it never really crossed my mind. I've I've seen the theories, and some people wrote in with that question. They call him Fagon as opposed to Aegon. <laughs> I like that. And look, anything is possible, right? Sure. George can turn the story as quick as he wants to in another direction. We've seen it happen plenty of times, uh, and if he is truly a fake, I think. You can make the case then that's why he's been cut out of this season because he's just irrelevant. But I think you you spend so much time though with Tyrion and his travels um, and, and really at the end of book five, he's yet to come in contact with Daenerys. Uh, so it, you know, the fact that in this season we've seen photos of him sitting at her side means that this season is going to move much more quickly and they're trying to get to a resolution of him getting to Daenerys much more quickly. Yes. We've seen some shots of him uh, with Jorah. So clearly the two of them are going to pair up. How quickly? Uh, it depends on you know when he leaves Varys. Right. Uh, and we know Varys ends up coming back to Westeros at the end of book five. Um, he takes care of Grand Meister Pycelle. He takes care of Kevin Lannister. Um, and and there's a bunch of creepy children running around. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the epilogue to book five. And the question then is, with Aegon now being back also himself in Westeros, is Varys paving the way for him to come to King's Landing and to take the Iron Throne? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a lot to think on. And, you know, for book readers, the, the omission of this character and those that accompany him are going to leave a lot of question marks probably uh, until we at least get the next book. What do you think of um, just just because I think it's relevant to the trailer? Do you think that the the fighting pit that we've we saw several times in the trailer, which is a gorgeous set, and it's clear why they put it in because it's it's amazing. But do you think that has anything to do with uh, with Tyrion and the the band that he joins up with with Penny? It it's possible. I I just um, I remember that scene too um, from from book five when when Drogon shows up, and I'm wondering if if that's going to be that scene. Uh, it's it's uh, it's all speculation. I mean, that's <laughs> it, it's funny that even though we're talking about spoilers, it's a lot of it is still conjecture because we don't really know what's going to happen beyond what we've read. So. Even things that we're seeing in this trailer, we can't be 100% certain on because we know that the show is going to deviate slightly from the books. Right. Because in the books, 
uh, Tyrion becomes, he's captured by Jorah, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's made to like fight in these these pits while he's mounted on a pig, which I don't, like I can't see that that Peter Dinklage would ever do that. <laughs> it seems It seems a little undignified for Peter Dinklage to like, ride on a pig and and joust um Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know if they're gonna they're going to put him through that but that is that that was one of the most um the vivid things that i I remember from those books is this idea Mm -hmm. of of Tyrion so load that he had to he had to fight and he and he made it he made a friend which was which was kind of sweet he does. Uh, we got a question uh, from Tim Mulligan. He asked specifically about the exclusion of Aegon and uh, Griff, who is of course playing young Griff's father, but is in fact John Connington. And you know, we've we've talked enough about that, I think, at this point. But one other uh, thing that he brought up was uh, I've I've a running bet with another sullied friend of mine since season three that this will be the season that Bale and Greyjoy finally dies on the show. Think I'm going to lose again? I have not seen anything in the trailers about the Ironborn, so I'm thinking we might lose Asha slash Yara and the awesomeness that is the King's Moot. Mm. Very possible. Yeah, the Greyjoys are uh, an intriguing family, but I find that I like if I if I had to cut something from the books it would definitely be the king's moot because the king's moot while cool and like introducing like the the neat the neat uncles the Greyjoy uncles um it was it was dreary um it was long it was a little boring somewhat uneventful yeah and so i can't see that being like compelling television for for a show that has to be like okay we have 12 hours what what is worth every every second of being in that twelve hours? Mm-hmm. The King's Moot would not be high on my personal list, and no. maybe that's that's going to be sacrilege to you, Greyjoy fans out there. But I just don't I I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think certainly there's the chance that they come into play at some point later on. Uh, if if they have a pivotal role to play, we know that they'll make their way uh, into the series. Theon slash reek is still around we saw him in the trailer and uh we don't really know what is to become at least from the show standpoint of of asha and um balin quite honestly could die off screen yeah i don't think he has to die on screen it could just be a mention that's made um by anybody uh you know in king's in king's landing or or throughout westeros just the news will spread that balin Greyjoy has died and i think you know maybe they just make mention of who has um you know taken up his place mm-hmm. and uh, you know yeah. so i know there are a lot of greyjoy fans out there and they have a very interesting storyline moving through books 4 and 5 but uh unfortunately i think it's it's cut I th- because yeah. if we, if we i haven't seen anything to prove it otherwise exactly if we had if we had seen more of uh the greyjoy drama before now if we had as viewers of a television show become invested in that family a bit more i think that we would definitely get some king's moot action but to just throw the king's moot in when we haven't spent any significant time with the Greyjoys, and theon is kind of like the most interesting character right now i just don't i don't see them wasting time on it um 
So yeah, we're mm-hmm. gonna have to stay in the in the theater of the imagination for that one. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, one other big thing I did want to talk about was we mentioned earlier on when we were talking through the trailer and didn't want to get into spoiler territory. There's a scene with this young girl cutting her finger yeah. uh, open, and I thought when I'd seen that that it was a younger version of Cersei uh, who makes sense. W- making a visit to Maggie the Frog, uh, who we know has been cast this season. And there's actually a scene later on in the trailer with uh, two girls walking hand in hand into the forest. And I thought that that, again, was a a, a flashback to when Cersei recalls this moment. And uh, we don't get many flashbacks in the series at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is going to be, aside from really the dreams that uh, Bran has had, right? Yeah. Uh, The the only time um, that I can remember that we're having... Uh, we're going back in time to see something that's taken place. Yeah, we have we have some interesting stuff happening here. Maggie the Frog is such an interesting character, and um, I I like that. There's so there's this prophecy. It's always been interesting to me that the prophecy about her the the uh, Maggie the Frog tells her at some point she's asking her if she's going to be queen and if she gets to marry the prince because she's she's fallen in love with Prince Rhaegar from afar. And um, so this this witch woman tells her that uh, she'll be queen. Um, and she also says that her brother, the Valonqar, shall wrap his hands about your pale white throat and choke the life from you. Valonqar meaning little brother. And so as a result, she has hated Tyrion from a young age because this, this witch woman told her that her little brother was going to choke the life out of her. And I don't think she ever acknowledges the fact that Jamie is also her little brother. She was she was born mere mo- moments before Jamie, and their relationship has turned so toxic at this point, and so and so bizarre. I ju- I see that being her fate. I I think that Jamie will kill her. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a popular theory. I think with Tyrion, it's just almost too easy, right? If if he's the one that ends up killing Cersei, uh. But that said, it could still happen. We don't know how it's going to play itself out. But another part of that prophecy was you you mentioned that she would be queen until the time comes where another younger and more beautiful to cast you down and take all that you hold dear. So, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on that part of it. Uh, Is that Marjorie? Is that Daenerys? Uh, Who are we talking about here? Well, I think that's why... She's so she's so suspicious of first Sansa and then Marjorie because she's had this prophecy, this set of prophecies haunting her her whole life. Like who who's gonna be the one to take it? It's almost like um it's almost like the 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 Greek prophecies uh from from old is like the 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 prophecy of Oedipus and uh like all all kinds of of these like Greek prophecies that no matter what you do they're gonna they're going to come to pass and so right. it you can spend your whole life preparing for them but you you won't see them coming and so the fact that Cersei has so stubbornly believed that Daenerys is not a threat is why this prophecy is indicating Daenerys to me mm-hmm. and she's been pretty spot on if you look at the fact she says. In terms of the number of children, uh, you know, Cersei asked the question, "Will the king and I have children?" And 
Maggie says, oh, I, six and ten for him and three for you. <laughs> Sixteen Baratheon bastards hanging mm. out out there some, somewhere in the world. I don't, I don't know if that's, if that's the first time we've gotten the exact number of, yeah. of how many um, bastard children Robert has. But We know Robert was a busy man. <laughs> he was. He was. Um, but the, it's um, interesting to think that any of them would have more of a claim on the throne than, than Tommen or or Marcella at this point. Yeah. Do you worry about the part where it says to take all that you hold dear? Obviously, we know that Cersei holds her children dear more than anything else. Right. And this younger, more beautiful queen that's going to come, do you think that that poses a serious danger to the two of them? I don't see Daenerys being the kind of person to murder children, especially if she gets there while Marcella and Tommen are still so young. I don't see that being in her character profile. However, um, I think that if they were to put up a fight, it's possible that that Daenerys would have to take him out. Um, it's also possible that that just means that she might win them over somehow and turn them against Cersei. Uh, there's there's a lot wow. of a lot of possibilities there. That's interesting. Uh, and speaking of Marcella, we saw shots of Jamie in the trailer in Dorne. Yes, and that is really interesting to me because that's a complete departure. He's he's traveling with uh, Bronn, number one. Uh, and they are they are making their way, and they look like they arrive in Dorne and have some uh, some interaction with people there. But uh, complete complete departure uh, from the books there. It's going to make for good TV, I'm sure. Yeah. But the fact that Jamie uh, is not following along his path that was laid out in A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons, um, I'm wondering, you know, maybe eventually we'll get there, but. Uh, interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, he he heads north in the books, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he heads to River Run. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so this is totally different. So I think this is this is the playing out of my personal theory, which I think you probably share, Micah, which is that the books and the show are going to be parallel universe versions of each other. It's more like, what if Jamie went south instead of north? Let's see what, let's play with the existing, like the actual characters, the existing trajectories of, of like who's in Dorne, who's in Harrenhal, all that stuff. But then just take one key perspective character and just, just switch them. Like nothing, nothing out of character is going to happen, but it's just a different approach. What if, in the Choose Your Own Adventure book of Westeros, Jamie had decided to go south instead of north, which mm -hmm. I super duper 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 appreciate. And I think you and I may differ on this, but I I have said <laughs> I've said this before. Season one of the show was so similar and so faithful to the books. I was oh hundred percent. I was bored. Almost identical. Yeah, I was bored by it. It was so faithful. And I, I was like, ugh. And then once we started getting into season three and four and we started seeing these differences, especially like stuff like the Bri the Brienne and the Hound fight, I was like, okay, okay, you want to surprise me. You want to put characters together who have established profiles and personalities and just see what they would do together. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, who would win in a fight like Batman or fucking, I don't know, G.I. Joe's. <laughs> 
I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> like Batman of the Hulk. That's good. I, you know, good enough. I don't know if Batman of the Hulk ever fought. I imagine. It, it's so interesting because, like, you know, one of the things I love about rereading the books is you forget just how much interaction there was between certain characters that are now completely in different parts of the, of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to your point though, the show does a great job of taking characters as well that normally wouldn't interact with each other and never cross paths. Right. And here they are. Yeah. And the, the, the Hound and Brienne is a perfect example of that. Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays itself out. And like you said, we're going to, once all these seasons are wrapped, be in a place where we can take them and compare them to how the books um, ended. Ho- hopefully we'll have the last book by the time the, the, the series comes to an end, <laughs> though I don't think there are any guarantees there. No, I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. So uh, one other thing before we kind of wrap things up here, and, and you know, just to let everybody know, I think our plan moving forward for these spoiler episodes is to really theme them and to focus in on maybe one or two topics. We'll take your tweets, your emails, and other questions that you have. Uh, maybe bring on a guest or two to to, to really talk through the, the details of some theories and anything that you consider to be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. So uh, on that note, we did get a lot of questions about John. In, yeah. I think John you know, John deserves his own episode. I don't even He does deserve his own episode. But, but, but my question to you is uh, we've seen the trailer sure. and we know there's some big moments coming this season. Cersei's walk of shame comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean that's just what I call sure. it. Sure. Uh, but you know, John's story has progressed extremely far. And mm. we know how he, his character wraps uh, a dance with dragons in that he supposedly dies. So yeah. I'm wondering, I'm asking you this now mm-hmm. and we're, I'm my theory is that that is how the season is going to end. Right. Um, that, that would be a tremendously good season ending. Uh, I have I've had my own theories about how seasons will end before and I've been mistaken. So <laughs> we did a whole episode or a part of an episode on that. I think right? so, yeah. yeah. I had my like perfect episode ending and I it was it was a little too neat and tidy. It was it was the idea that like season three would have ended with both um both Rob and Joffrey dying together, like at their different weddings, just like cutting back and forth between between their deaths, and then they both lie dead, and then the season's just over. But yep. it was it was much better done to to make you think that the bad guys were winning. Um, so anyway, I think that yeah, that that John's end. If they the problem is if they come to John's end at the end of season five, the where do they go? From there, it's 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 uh. Well, we don't know because we don't have right. the next book. Well, it's it's just that he's got books four and five, I think, a worth of content. There's there's stuff for John to do, right? Like with the where where John's at right now is is still pretty pretty timely inside of like book four, if I if I'm not mistaken, it like book four is where he becomes the the Lord Commander, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? One sec. 
this is a, this is going to be an unedited show, so our Google searching right now is in real time. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean he does he does become the Lord Commander of the Wall, and I think that there's there's a significant amount of stuff that happens. There's like there's a, an incredible battle which didn't look like it was happening at the wall in the trailer. It looked like it was um, on at some. It was obviously there were boats. The, the Night's Watch was approaching a wilding encampment on on uh, on rowboats. So that did not look like Castle Black. And Castle Black gets its own huge fight, if I'm not mistaken. Like there's there's still a, a giant assault that's going to happen there um, with with John commanding the wall. So. If that were to happen, I mean, it would be it's it concatenates a lot of the content into a very like tidy season, which is kind of it's it feels like that's what they're going for is they're tidying up a lot of these these uh, storylines that tend to wander. Um, so maybe that is what we'll see. I hope not because I I love John and uh, I think that a lot of people are like Melisandre is probably going to revive him the way that Thoros of Mir does with um, Beric Dondarrion. And I think that is much more likely than letting him be dead. Because although we lost his perspective chapters, which to me is like the death knell for, for a character in this death knell, death knell, um, for the, for the characters in this book is if you, if you have a perspective chapter or you lose it or you, and you, and you lose it or you never have it in the first place, chances are good you're going to die. So the fact that John didn't get them anymore, I was like, oh, oh, John. Um, and then he's dead. Uh, I think that Melisandre will revive him, but I hope I hope they draw him out a little bit more because I think he has he has a, a decent amount of stuff to do still. Yeah, I I think that that's fair. And you know, just to go back to your question earlier, you know, John becomes the Lord Commander in at, at the end of A Storm of Swords, right? And he's he's absent from a feast for crows, okay, and then okay. comes back in a dance with dragons Got and. It. So you know, we kind of – we leave the wall a little bit, um, at least from – if I remember that correctly. And Sam is off on his journey um, doing things. Right. I, doing Gilly, actually. Yeah. You're, Go you're, Sam. Yo, Sam. Um, you're, you're right. I keep forgetting that Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons run um, at the same time as each other. So it's really – it's not like two sets of timelines that we're, that we're having to deal with for season five. It's just, it's just the one timeline split across two books. I remember when George was writing it and he was, he was blogging about it. And he said that the publisher made him split it into two books because it was it could not physically be bound by by mortal book binding technique. So that's why he he was forced to to split it up. That's why we got digital now. Yeah, no book binding needed. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a killer way to end any season, though, Micah. I think that having John die would no be- pun intended. <laughs> I think that it would crush a lot of hearts um mm. because we've never seen as far as i know we've never seen melisandre revive anyone as we've we've discussed on the show before she seems to be the the death element of um the lord of light and thoros is the life element but i assume she has it in her i assume she does too and you know certainly there's the opportunity for him to warg into ghost uh, we've seen him do it at times uh, in prior books, and uh, we know that Bran has no problem warging into summer. And you know, the, uh, there's the uh, um, the prologue. I think in A Dance with Dragons, right, actually focuses on a skin changer. 
you know, who has the ability to warg into a bunch of different uh, animals. Um, I, and I'm, I apologize. I'm completely blanking on, on the name, but I think that there's relevance in that, you know, George R. R. Martin doesn't write that for no reason. Sure. Um, and I think the fact that John dies very, you know, later on towards the end of the book, you know, there's a very, very good chance that we could see him from Ghost's perspective early on. That would be so and, cool. And now, uh, to your point, there's also the very good chance, you know, at some point that uh, Melisandre brings him back because I think she sees something in him. Right. Um, she, you know, the, as they were gazing at each other through the fire, <laughs> she uh, was like, "Last mm, season, I think he's Azora High Reborn." <laughs> if you know what I mean, it's like just whoever she wants to bang. She's like, "I'm pretty sure you're Azora High Reborn." Let's take off your pants and find out for sure. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like that's probably that's probably enough enough sullied content for now. This was just a little preview little taste i think our sullied episodes in the future will be standalone right yeah absolutely the you know it just made sense here with the trailer and i'm sure there's a lot of other things that we could touch on that came up in the trailer that differ from the books and you know different theories that we can talk about and plot points that we can talk about but yeah they will be standalone episodes and they will focus um as we mentioned earlier on any number of things, but they will have a you know very clear focus, and we will let the listeners know what that focus is. We'll make sure that you know we push it out on social media, and we let you guys respond and send in emails about that particular topic. And we will also look to have on some guests that um, can add to the discussion. I think we will probably set up a new email address. Or we should. Yes, that's a good idea. Like, like I, already, I already had that problem earlier yeah. when I was going through the emails and I'm like, oh, damn, if Eric or Zach look at these <laughs> Even these the subject titles, lines, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna get spoiled. Okay. So we're, we're going to go ahead and we'll let you guys know exactly what that email address is. Yeah, watch Twitter um, or Facebook for that. Yeah, and uh, this way you can be as sullied as you want in subject lines, in the body of the email, and uh, we don't have to worry about spoiling Zach or Eric, but uh, I did look it up. It's Varamir Six Skins. That's Varamir Six Skins. The, yeah, yeah. The, the wild, prologue was. The wilding. Um, so bear with us. You know, we we're 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 a little we're a little old. We're rusty. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, things escape our minds from time to time, but uh, that's the power of the internet to have it available to us. Great. And uh, I'm actually in the middle of rereading um, A Dance with Dragons, so I think that'll be helpful yeah i'm for, gonna i'm gonna start my reread this. of feast for crows and dance and you know look we're not perfect that's we're not the reality that's why you guys are listening we're and you can close. chime in and say yo you guys are so stupid <laughs> how did you get that wrong <laughs> that's your job i want every email that is addressed to us that's correcting us on something to be like you guys are so stupid here's how it actually is and we're like okay it keeps us humble yeah but this has been fun <laughs> yeah um, we're going to obviously keep doing it. And um, you know, if you have any ideas, too, about what you want a, a specific show to focus on, feel free to email us. Let us know. We'll take it into consideration. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right. So uh, bye for the second time. Bye. Bye again. For real this For real. Time. We're not coming back. Goodbye. <laughs>